What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar podcast live stream episode 80. Thank every, thank you, everybody that is here. All, all of you. I don't know if you're here right now or you're listening later on a podcast or you're watching this on YouTube. No matter how you're getting here, I appreciate it. I really do. This is episode 80. And uh, today we're going to have a guy on from a company called Dialed Health, which uh, I'm telling you, this is this is pretty cool. And I wrote in the in the in the show more before the show notes or whatever you want to call it right before I started. Essentially, it's a gym that focuses on riders. And I think that's really important because you could go get a personal trainer and if they don't know what muscle groups to really work to help you out with your riding, it's probably not going to be as beneficial as, as it could be. I mean, it'll be beneficial, but not as good as it can be. So anyways, we'll bring him on in just a minute. I want to tell you guys a couple of things. First things first, if you guys want to help out the channel, bottom line, go to Patreon and pledge something, whether it's a buck, you get some coupons. It's five bucks. You get some stickers. It's 25. You get a big box of swag, whatever it is, do that, support the channel. It really helps because, um, this stuff isn't as easy and cheap as I thought. I did my taxes the other day and, um, it's stupid how much money I'm definitely running in the negative right now. So <laughs> if you guys could help out, I would really appreciate it. If you don't want to help out financially like that, you can do things like this. Go to where you listen to your podcast and write a review for the podcast or hit the thumbs up button or hit the subscribe button because those things make me happy. If you want to have some extra content, you don't want to pay for it. That's sweet too. I get it. I don't pay for a lot of the stuff that I watch. So go to Instagram at BikerB1 or the Facebook page if you're over 40 and uh, <laughs> go ahead and give me a follow. And maybe someday if I get enough followers, I'll go do a TikTok. You guys can watch me like shave my beard or something. I don't know what they do on TikTok, all these young kids nowadays. So anyways, today's going to be a shorter episode because because this guy's got a set of twins and a toddler at home and um, his time is very valuable. So we're going to go ahead and pop back over to him. I am like drawing a blank to on It's Derek, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just knows me by Dialed Health now. I've pretty much right. fully let my identity become that. Right. I totally understand because I, I'm I'm biker from here on out as well. So <laughs> it is yeah. what it is, right? So I, I I I it came to me at the last second, even before I threw it up on the screen. I was like, Derek, that's what it is. How's it going? Well, man? Even, it's going great. And yeah, I didn't do you any favors because even when I entered this chat, I just wrote dialed health instead of Derek. So sorry for that. Oh. But um, but yeah, it's going great, man. And thanks for doing the shorter episode. Uh, like I said, these twins are kicking our butt. I can't even lie about it. Um, and nighttime is such a mission that I, oh, yeah. I told my wife if I wasn't home or excuse me, my wife told me if I wasn't home by seven, <laughs> this was a no go. So thanks for making it happen, man. Yeah, yeah. No problem, dude, for sure. So um they're they're pretty young are, are they like the get up early or are they the sleep in kind of kids well there's the twins are only six weeks old so uh -huh. they're wake you up every three hours kind of kids yeah that's uh, awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> my, to my toddler though he's not quite two he'll be two in june but he sleeps great and i think it's because he's so physical throughout the day yeah. Uh, I'm super active with them. My dad and my parents are actually, when they watch him, are super physical. Like we're taking him to parks all day. So yeah, yeah. Um, he just passes out at night. He's a great sleeper. So we're lucky there. And I think the twins will be fine. 
uh, they're really good babies, but dude, they're just little infants, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. they just, it's yeah, just that time goes by quick though, too, man. Right. I'll tell you, my kids, when they were young, when they were toddlers, they would usually, we they went to bed at like seven o'clock at night, but they got up at like 5 a.m. on oh. the dot every day, except for <laughs> when you were counting on them to wake you up for something that you were trying to do. Like say, hey, I'm going to go skiing tomorrow. I'm not going to hit set an alarm because the kids always wake up. That's the day that they sleep until eight. And you're like, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> So, you know, is, up, is. up until my twins were born, my son was woke up at 7 a.m. like clockwork. That was his uh -huh. time to wake up. And we put him to bed a little bit later. Yeah. And it was awesome for me because I'm I'm kind of a morning guy. I've become that since becoming a trainer, really. And I knew I had if I woke up at five, woke up at 430, I knew I had a couple hour window to mm -hmm. work. It's like the only time the house is quiet. So up until my twins were born, I had the sickest morning routine, you know, coffee, Bible, uh, manifestation, uh, freaking <laughs> meditation, getting my day organized, like all I, incredible steps to just map out your day. And then I would get a bunch of social media work in and that just got taken away with, for me, which has been throwing me for a loop. So I can't imagine him waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was rough. No, and I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person. Like, so like uh, I, even now I, I don't go to bed before midnight ever. So wow, like, are you dude, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. yeah. So like back then I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. I would go in. I remember when my son was real little, I would like had his room like totally baby proof. So I could go in there and just like lay on the floor and he could like crawl over me and I would sort of sleep, sort of be awake while I could pay attention that he wasn't like choking or something. I That's wasn't smart. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's alive. Yeah, yeah, dude, he made it. So apparently right. I did something right. <laughs> So, so what's going on, man? What's this dialed health thing? I, I gave you like the little intro myself, but um, what, what is, how is it that you explain what you do? Yeah. So dialed health is strength training for cyclists. Basically mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's movements that you would find in a normal, I guess, gym setting. Uh, we like to use traditional movements. Uh, also a lot of uh, functional stuff. It's kind of a, you know, buzzword right now in fitness. Mm -hmm. um, but really the, thing that we've changed is the volume and how often you're training. So really it came down to finding a mythology to, that synced up with riders' schedules because mm -hmm. we all know that, okay, you want strong legs, you want a strong core, and you should probably be doing some stretching to get out of pain. But how do you fit that all in in a week when you're someone whose main objective is really to get your rides in? Mm -hmm. And that was my job was to try and figure out, okay, how do we take all the best things from training and get it mm -hmm. into a packaged uh, program or workout for someone to implement really steadily, you know, year round uh, and to not have it be this thing where you occasionally strength train and you're so sore, your next ride sucks or you're kind of in and out of it. So yeah, basically dialed health is strength training for cyclists. It's for mm -hmm. people who uh, want longevity want to mm -hmm. get out of pain and uh it's all it's all online now which is insane you know oh wow uh, that's crazy huh yeah i bet you didn't think that whenever you first started you're like all right i'm gonna open up this gym i'm gonna get all this equipment and then nobody's gonna come i'm gonna do it all online <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i didn't you know it's it's crazy though so i've been a personal trainer for almost 10 years now and even when i started training i had left downhill racing and i didn't intend on coming back into the bike industry at all mm -hmm. and it was like when enduro started getting popular, I felt like I had some unfinished business, started racing enduro. And then 
during that process is when I really realized how much confliction there was between the quote unquote perfect gym strength training I knew and was doing at the time and in training people mm-hmm. and riding schedules. So basically that led me to, to this. Um, but I had this studio opened after she was had people in it for a couple of years before, um, everything went down last year. And thankfully, dude, I had already kind of hit the ceiling of mm-hmm. what I could do production wise in person in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to put out PDFs online that people could buy downloadables. And then I had the member website actually before um, everything went down last year with COVID. And mm-hmm. so I was like kind of set up for it. And I was slowly easing that direction just because I knew that I couldn't go any further mm-hmm. with the way I was doing it. I, I've never wanted to have multiple gym studios or mm-hmm. uh, have all these things to manage in that way. And the online was super intriguing. So I, you know, as tough as it was last year to be forced to fully commit to the online, I was already kind of set up to do it. And it was really just like ripping off the bandaid. Um, It hurt. It really hurt. I mean, I'd I'd spent so many years getting my in-person business to where it was to have it just in from me was, was really difficult, but um, it was good to push through it, man. And now we're in a good spot and I'm excited to grow this thing. You know what it reminds me of? I was watching this thing yesterday about, I don't know, you ever, you're, do you like the History Channel? <laughs> I never watched the History Channel. I love the History Channel. I don't know, yeah. man, it's my thing. And okay. uh, they had a show on there, it's called The Food That Built America. And they were talking about Domino's. And basically when they started, they had this like little tiny shop and they had they had more business than they had seats. And they were like, they, they couldn't get a bigger store so they came up with the idea of like, hey, let's deliver this stuff to the people's houses, right? And now they can still have a little tiny store and not have a, a big footprint and a bunch of rent to pay and they can now service more customers, you know? Wow. And it's kind of like the same thing is what, what you're explaining, you know, is like, hey, I can still have the same footprint that I have now, but now with all this online training, I mean, you could get way more customers than you would be able to like physically go train yourself buy that. So that's that's pretty cool, man. You know? Yeah. And it's worked out to have the studio because I I did have a lot of people wonder if I would keep it when I made Mm -hmm. that transition. But the truth is for one, I'm sitting in it now. Um, It's become an office for me because I am Mm -hmm. doing so much more computer work, but also this is where I film all the content and I have Mm -hmm. this controlled space where I can bring in videographers, photographers, and I can, you know, dance around without my shirt on and no one's going to stop. So it's great. are are you planning once all the kind of COVID stuff blows over to have you know people back into the physical space again, or you're, you're thinking you're going to stay like 100% virtual at that point? It, I'd, ideally, I would stay 100% virtual. Uh-huh. I, you know, I uh, I love to know that I could bring people back in if I mm-hmm. needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say it's like a plan B or something, but yeah, yeah. the demand is there. To be honest, especially since gyms have closed down. I've never had so much interest in people coming in and training since all this yeah. stuff started, which is very ironic. You know, it's right. like it was dead for two months. And then all of a sudden people are shooting me that text like, hey, you know, on the yeah. lowdown, can I come into your studio? Right. And I, it was really hard for me, especially in that transition, because just financially to commit right. to the online. Um, and so now that it's at a place that it is, um, I had a few high level athletes in here training still a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but even those sessions have stopped because I'm so focused on online and, and really since the twins were born, my time is so pressed. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually at the point now where with the online, where I kind of was with, uh, 
the in-person training where I just like can't do it all myself anymore. Yeah. So I'm bringing on my first employee right now. I have some other people in the back end coming to support the business. So it's in a real place of growth right now, which is really crazy. And it's, yeah. it's, it's wild. It's just so much learning and adapting. Uh-huh. It's kind of exhausting, dude. All the adapting has been so exhausting. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Change, change isn't easy. That's for sure. You know, especially when it's like things that aren't in your wheelhouse. And I'm sure that, you know, doing video production wasn't like something that you, you were already well adept to doing, you know what I mean? So right. I'm just making yeah. the assumption. who knows, maybe that you were true. freaking a side, you know, part-time movie maker. I don't know. <laughs> no, to, to be honest, I am not a technology guy. I'm yeah, not at yeah. all, man. I've always like, even to this day with dialed health, I wait until I need to know how to do it. And then mm-hmm. I figure it out. And I've been lucky to have a really good freelance workers in my corner. So a good videographer, good photographers, uh, and I can hire out the work. My web team behind the website, they are legends. So mm-hmm. it's really thanks to them because I try and hit on the things I do well. Um, but now all these new uh, angles of the business are being introduced because of the volume and the traffic mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, so do I learn how to do that? Um, because it'd be valuable. It would be valuable for me to know, but then again, it's going to take away from what I'm already doing well. And I can't yeah. do both. So it, it's funny to pick it, man. You know, that, you that, yeah. that, that's what it is. So it's like, what's it worth? Is it really worth your time to learn how to do that? Or is it worth your time to keep doing what you're good at and pay somebody else? You know, and yeah. my assumption is more than likely, it's probably worth the time to have somebody else do it for you at this point. You know, when you're first it starting, is. It, it, of course it's cheaper then, you know, it makes more sense because it's like, like for me, you know, like starting a YouTube channel, you're not going to go out and hire somebody to edit your videos when you don't have any subscribers. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But right. by the time you get to uh, like a, a BKXE or a Seth spot, it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to hire somebody because it doesn't make any sense for me to do that. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, so. totally. And I got to give you a shout out. I mentioned it before we started, but you inspired me because even the post you did to promote this episode, uh, like I said, the organization, the email you sent me, how easy it was for me to connect with you on what we're streaming now. I mean, yeah. you did an awesome job, dude. Seriously. Right on, man. Yeah, uh, and even yeah. when I saw that post, I was like, it was another thing for me where I'm like, ah, I got to learn Photoshop. And I, <laughs> I don't because, because I know photographers and I just shoot them over what I need. Yeah, but that's yeah. an example where I saw what you're doing and I'm like, oh, he's crushing it, man. I got to step it up. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that, man. It's hard for me to take the compliment because it's like, you know, I don't know, man. When you're a person that's like pretty driven and I don't know how else to say it, but but you're you're always looking at who's better than you and shooting for that. Or at least I am because yeah. that's, what's, that's what keeps you driving because otherwise you're going to be like, oh, I'm great. I won't do anything. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. So like when people compliment me, I'm always like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. But look at these guys, they're doing way better than me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it's hard to take the compliment, but I do truly, truly uh, appreciate that. Uh, That's nice for you to throw the kind words out there. What I wanted to ask you was you mentioned earlier that you were a downhill racer. And I, I think that most people probably don't know. So let's, figure out what is it that makes your expertise good for being a trainer of, of cyclists? Obviously you have a history. So what, what's the history? Yeah. So, uh, thanks for asking. And it, I gotta say, it's strange at this point 
that people don't know I was a downhill racer because up until very recently where my audience has grown, it was people I had connections with from my downhill racing days. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy to see downhill take on its own thing and people just see me on my road bike now. But uh, yeah, so for, <laughs> for the, I, basically my start of racing uh, was when I was like 14 downhill racing, Sea Otter mm-hmm. Classic, Norba Nationals. I mean, I was just, fully in it that's all i cared about and i was really on the fast track to be just a downhill racer and mm-hmm. had insane sponsorships and support and came through I basically raced downhill from i want to say like 2005 to 2011 mm-hmm. and 2011 was the time where i was racing pro and i started pulling away from the sport and that's when i became a personal trainer and there mm-hmm. were quite a few reasons you know for that but uh I was really, it was funny because all the training that I had learned through the teams I was on, I was writing mm-hmm. for Yeti at the time and they had trainers and nutritionists. And that was the one thing that really stuck with me, even when I fell out of my, my riding and racing. Mm-hmm. And so I got to a point where I just committed to becoming a trainer because I was like, you know what, this is like the only thing I'm really even doing right now. Seriously. You know, mm-hmm. I have part-time job living at home and I'm just working out in my dad's garage. Right, right. So, so it made sense for me to to jump on that and commit to it. And then, uh, basically, after I want to say like three or four years of training, I just got the bug again to start riding. And mm-hmm. then, of course, all that unfinished business with racing comes back. That's when enduro was getting popular. And so, I did yeah. a few seasons racing enduro. And it was funny because at the time, I was a full time in person trainer, so doing one on one training. And then I had moved back up north and I started doing all sorts of stuff, you know, boot camp classes, small group, uh, really any type of training with people in person from one on one all the way to huge classes of like, I kid you not, 70 people. I started doing everything in between. Yeah. And it was amazing for skill building, but also I'm trying to ride at the same time and race. And for Mm -hmm. a couple of years, that was my main focus. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I need to go all in on my training. And uh, that's when Dialed Health really started. So basically, the credibility, I guess, comes from the history of being being fully committed to gravity racing for so many years, being Mm -hmm. fully committed to the general health and fitness industry for so many years, and then Mm -hmm. spending this time almost in limbo, just trying to figure it out for so long until I finally did. And, you know, that's where I'm at now. And, and thankfully, because of the online, the amount of testimonials I have and the amount of results you get is just insane. So it almost continues to reaffirm, you know, it's not like you're just looking for confirmation bias because of course, right. uh, you know, my programs aren't a fit for absolutely everybody, but it's pretty mm-hmm. incredible to see uh, what kind of impact it's had on people, man. It's, it's freaking rad. So are your program like, or is your program just, um, working out and how to do that? Or is there diet in there as well? Or what all do you address? Yeah, we address diet as well. So I don't do uh, custom meal plans for people uh, to mm-hmm. just jump into the diet thing real quick. I coach people through food tracking, which is basically mm-hmm. downloading an app like MyFitnessPal. You buy a yeah, food yeah. scale, measuring cups, you know, you're scanning barcodes, you're throwing your chicken on a scale before you put it on your plate. And yeah. by, by the way, I want to know about your weight loss process. So we're going to get into that right after yeah, this. Yeah. I got to hear about it. But yeah, I coach people through food tracking, uh, which is just, in my opinion, the, the best way to approach nutrition because it just teaches you so much. Uh, you can, and, and then when you go into riding nutrition, your ability to look at a goo packet or a cliff bar and know exactly what you need for any given ride, 
it's mm-hmm. so much more clear and because yeah. you understand what 24 grams of carbohydrates mean. So right. that's, I have resources on my website and I help people find their own basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories they burn at rest, help them align their goals and give them some target numbers. But I don't go much further than that. Um, it's kind of, to be honest, it's kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. There's a lot of people right. who get a lot of info that hit me up pretty regularly. Um, but then as far as my strength training, strength and mobility training, I have preset programs and preset workouts that are all kind of within my boundaries of training. And to give you an idea what that is, basically, it's like, what is like, you know, I wanted people who ride their bike a lot to be able to do this consistently. And I know that you can't just, you can't just do CrossFit, you know, every day, or you can't just do a bodybuilding program or a powerlifting program, even though I, I genuinely love all that stuff. I've done all that stuff, but it's like, if biking is your number one focus and that's where you want to be at your best what you need to do is like find this minimum dose that you can do consistently. So I had to build the boundary of that. And basically it's two total body strength sessions per week. Mm -hmm. And you want to target the seven effective movements. So to have a balanced program within those two, it could be as little as like an hour and a half of training a week, but you want to make sure you get a knee dominant movement, which is like a step up or a lunge, a -hmm. hip dominant movement, which is a squat or a deadlift. Mm-hmm. You want a core movement. So this could be a plank or like a pal off press or some cable rotation. Mm-hmm. And then you want a horizontal pull. So like a row horizontal mm-hmm. push, like a push up, and then vertical push and pull. So like a pull up and a shoulder press. And mm-hmm. basically within your two total body sessions, if you hit all of those movements, at least once you'll know you'll have a balanced program. And because of the two sessions per week, it addresses this thing called super compensation. And that's kind of like your recovery curve. And basically it's, if you looked up super compensation on a graph, it's, it's uh, or excuse me, on Google, you'd see a graph and it shows you basically when you have this initial training session, your performance declines because you're at a weakened state, your body's broken right. down, you're trying right. to recover. Right. Right. And then as a couple of days go on, you should recover beyond that, that training level of the initial session, because hopefully mm-hmm. you got a little better from it. And right. if you don't catch the next workout on that curve, which is the super compensation curve, then most likely you might not make that much progress because if you're waiting a week between strength training sessions, there's yeah. a good chance that curve is going to come back down to your baseline. And I'm not saying you're going to make, not make any progress because riding's physical if you're riding in between, right? but it's going to be very slow and almost, you know, non-existent. So that's why two sessions really is the minimum. So it was kind of like, that's the minimum dose. This is for high volume riders. And then let's get real. Like a lot of people ride their mountain bike once a week but it's their favorite sport. They just have a lot of life in the way. Those people can do three sessions a week, maybe four. So like I started creating different programs based on equipment you have, based on, you know, how frequent your, your riding is, what your goals are. You know, I have some, I have some cyclists that hit me up and say, yo, I really do want to put on upper body mass. So I made a program for that. Uh, So it, there are options and things it caters to, but they all kind of are under that umbrella of that, what that mythology is, because I want someone Anyone who rides when a bike. I'm trying, when I'm trying to put on upper you know? body mass, I just drink a shit ton of beer, dude. It works every time. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong kind of mass. Wrong kind of mass. I should be more clear. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how the the whole training philosophy works. Uh-huh. Um, and then really, man, I'm, I'm just doing it with everybody, you know, and I'm yeah. posting a lot about it. You know, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see, man. Yeah. I, I was listening, you know, like to the different um, – exercises or muscle groups and stuff like that, that you're talking about. And 
generally speaking, I'm pretty much doing everything that you said. And I'm doing that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I'm writing as much as I possibly can. And at, sometimes it's seven days a week and sometimes it's five days a week. I'd say at the least it's four because of weather. But um, I think if anything, I'm probably overtraining. But I have this like, uh, I have, and this there's no science in anything that I believe in. So <laughs> it's just me just connecting my own dots and like, oh yeah, that's the way the world works. Sometimes I'm like really wrong and sometimes I'm on to something. But for me, <laughs> I, I've always, always had this idea that if you're like, your body is this machine that adapts to every, like anything that you throw at it. Right. Yeah. And so if you're, doing a certain amount of activity on a regular basis, eventually your body's going to be like, Oh, that's the norm. Like if you were, you know, a hunter gatherer and you had to get up every day at sunrise and you went out and you walked 15 miles until you caught something every day, like your body's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's what we do. You know, if you're like sit on the couch guy and Netflix and binge all day and you get up and do 15 miles once a week, you're like, Oh, that sucks. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's funny because I take it to extremes when I hear that, because I think that you are partially correct, but really it's like your adaptation may not mean optimal. Like you said, if you're sitting yeah. on the couch, Netflixing, yeah. you're not going to yeah. have an optimal thing. If you get to a point where you're overtraining, you may be fit. And your body may have adapted to that, but you could be extremely flatlined because it's in such a reserve yeah. mode because it knows yeah. it's overtraining that you're never going to really peak and become optimal. So, yeah. sorry, I had to I had to interject no, there for a second, but I think that you 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 definitely are uh, onto something. And I think that there's part of of what I say as well is that that I have to explain is I oversimplify almost everything in my life, and there's a lot of things where you know. I've gone from, you know, having a pretty like beach body at one point to being extremely fat to beach body. Like I've gone back and forth a bunch of times. And I think one of the main reasons that I do that is because I just have this like extreme kind of personality where it's like, I'm not going to yeah. do shit or I'm going to do everything. Mm -hmm. And in those, those times when I've, I've learned how to be fit, I, I feel like I've learned how to be fit productively. Right. And yeah. because of that, I also, that like feeds me whenever I'm being lazy. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, it only takes like four months to lose that weight. So who gives a shit dude? And we can sit around for a while. You, you know, what I mean? like, that's like, some crazy psychology right there. <laughs> right. Whoa. Tell me uh -huh. about it. But, um, I think what I was going to say though earlier about like me kind of oversimplifying things is, is over the time that I I've been extremely physical or like fit through my life, I've definitely learned how to pay attention to my body, you know? And yeah. I think that's one of those things that, man, there's not an easy way to like teach that to somebody. Like when you're doing some exercise and you're like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Like mm -hmm. that's like, okay, chill out on that muscle group for a couple of days, you know, or like, like, yeah. you know, this is not normal sore that I feel today. I should probably not do anything because even though I want to, this is your body saying, Hey dude, chill out, man, you're being stupid, right. you know? And, and I think that, you know, if you can, if you can learn how to pay attention to your body that way, then, then maybe there's some things that I'm doing that I'm really oversimplifying and just saying, Oh, this is what I do all the time, you know, but realistically you definitely have to be paying attention to those things, you know, or, or I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like you, you will, you'll flatline. 
Like, yeah, you won't be getting longer rides. You won't be getting stronger, you know? And, and I think that at least for me right now, my goal is not to maintain. So my goal is to be getting stronger and to do more. So you yeah. definitely have to make sure you're paying attention to that stuff. Yeah. It takes a lot of experience and real genuine, um, you have to you have to genuinely want to be intuitive and to listen to your body because yeah. it's so easy to ignore yourself and it's so easy to go through the motions that yeah. it takes it, it just takes intention to to actually stop and feel and think and interpret what's really happening and and do that process over and over again because even when I you know I I've taught literally probably over a thousand people how to do a deadlift and I still take myself through the checklist when I do it and yeah. that's that's how much you have to be intentional because you know i i feel like i've mastered that but i still have to remind myself okay hips back brace my core now breathe pick up the yeah. bar tension like the, the whole all the steps you know yeah 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 uh, so hold on i gotta ask you this so if you've been through that process a couple times and you and you find yourself having a more extreme personality on one side or another mm -hmm. one thing i've seen from a lot of people is that they they have so much success at these periods of time where they're focused and committed like you are and you're like mm -hmm. okay i know that four months i can crush it and get back to where i'm at but because that is such an extreme side of it that it very quickly becomes something that doesn't feel like it could be lasting long term or you may not re you know take the steps back to maintenance where you can say okay i'm happy with where i'm at let's just dial it back a little bit and yeah. then get a little rest and then let's hold it and try and make this the new norm and opposed to really your norm is still the person who is heavier that put on the weight and you're in this extreme phase right now, but you've never mm -hmm. had that time to like settle into it. So mm -hmm. as soon as you're done being focused, you completely revert back. So yeah. like what I would say to you really, even in this mode that you're in right now, would you really start to like consider that like, you yeah, know, no, give yourself I, I, a point where you can dial it back a little bit and make it yeah, your yeah. new baseline, you know? hundred percent. I, I, um, totally agree with you for me when I, when the pendulum pendulum swings, it's not, it's not mm -hmm. like that where you're, where it's on and off as much. It'll be, I get fit. I stay fit for a while. And let's just say it's like five, six years of being super fit and, or just maintaining, you know, like, okay, I know where I'm at now. I can ride this much. I can work out this much. I can drink this much beer. I can eat this much pizza and I can stay <laughs> in this, 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 you know, weight that I want to be right. But what I've noticed, and I'm, I'm 43 at this point. So, I mean, those, it's not like, it's like one year I'm fat, one year I'm not, you know, it, it's oh, okay. like 10 years of this and five years of this and then seven years of this. And you, you know what I mean? So, um, oh, gotcha. That's not but, as, as fast as I thought. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing that I've noticed when I'm looking back on my life, it's typically enough time has gone by that I forgot how bad it sucks to lose weight. That's the that's the number one part. So it's oh, like man. like that, that enough time has gone by where I'm just remembering. Oh, I lost thirty pounds that one time. It only took me like three months. Oh, I lost fifty pounds that one time. It only took me six months. You know, like so. Mm -hmm. I'm only remembering that. I'm not remembering like how much work I had to put in for that amount of time for that to happen. Yeah. And then the other thing that usually is like compiled along with that is nine times out of ten, it's been some kind of injury. It's like, you know, 
at one point I separated my shoulder and I couldn't ride for six months. So I, that was like my big part of my activity. I wasn't going to the gym cause I'm like, whatever. And then I'm still just eating the same amount of crap and drinking the same amount of beer. And then maybe even more because now I, I don't feel good about myself and I'm like, yeah, this is a good time. Screw it. You know? <laughs> and, and then I forgot how hard it is to lose weight. And I'm like, yeah, it'll only take three months. But then the other thing that I forget or that I haven't learned yet, and hopefully this, this go around, I will is man, I'm getting older and my metabolism is not as good as it used to be. Like, like when I was in my twenties and I wanted to lose weight, I'd be like, I'm going to stop drinking on Tuesday. And I'm gonna drink the rest of the days of the week and I'll lose 10 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, like now I'm like, okay, I'm not drinking it all for two months. I'm not eating any crap. I'm not eating any sugar. I'm gonna go to the gym. You know, it's like, and you yeah. are, you know, <laughs> so it, it's definitely, um, it's definitely interesting, you know, seeing how that, that kind of plays out. But I yeah. wanted, I want one to mention, and I'm sure you, you could reiterate it in a much better way how much of a difference that it makes to actually work out if you want to ride better. And I, I yeah. know myself and a lot of other people in the past that I've talked to always think like, oh, well, if I want to get us be a better rider, I just need to go freaking ride, ride, ride. And I can say without a doubt that I've done that a bunch of times and it doesn't help as much as whenever I've decided, okay, now I'm going to start working out and like really getting that core strength strong, those like yeah. quick twitch muscles, like in, in ways that I'm not going to get out of riding. And all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, I'm like way faster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got to ride to get faster. You know, that, yeah. that is one thing that's true. I would never argue with someone about that. Yeah. And I understand why, you get in this mode where you're having good rides and that's all you want to do. And you just want to, you just want to yeah. keep on riding. You are maybe, it's fun, right. It's <laughs> fun. Yeah. But the truth is when you are riding that frequently, there's a point where your body is going to start, like you said earlier, adapt to it and it's going to adapt to everything. Right. So mm -hmm. when you start adapting to riding more, it can be a very positive thing. Your tendons and ligaments, there could be certain structural integrity that gets, uh, that's a bonus and you get mm -hmm. some stability out of it, but you also start really using those dominant muscles more and more and more, you know, things like your shoulders, your quads, uh, all those like muscles on the front side of your body. Cause you think you always have this downward pressure when you're pedaling, mm -hmm. it's just knee flexion. Knee flexion mm -hmm. is your quad. So the top of your thigh that's doing that for the most part, that's the dominant muscle group, right? Yeah. yeah. So your body just starts getting more and more, uh, reliant on those. And it starts slowly turning off the other muscles in your body. And mm -hmm. even though those muscles aren't the dominant muscles, they're still working to stabilize and help really keep everything from going too far, AKA, you know, getting an injury because your quads are so overused and they get so tight. And now your knee hurts mm -hmm. or you know, your shoulders and your chest get so tight that your shoulders start getting pulled forward. Your back isn't as active. And then now you have a shoulder impingement. And yeah. those are the things that it's hard to teach people until they go through that process. Mm -hmm. And even when they're through that process, sometimes they won't admit that it wasn't because they strength trained or mm -hmm. it wasn't because of the lack of strength training. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been on every side of that with those conversations, but those are the biggest reasons because like, even if you 
trained simply to keep your muscles active and balanced. Like if you went in the gym and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this mobility routine and I'm going to do a, a few heavy rows. I'm going to do a couple of deadlifts and work on just all the muscles on the backside of my body. That mm -hmm. alone, even if you didn't get that much stronger, if it just maintained your strength and kept those muscles active, they're going to mm -hmm. fire while you're riding and mm -hmm. you're not going to have those compensation issues, potential injuries because of that. And also you're just not going to have as much power when you don't use all of your muscle groups synergistically together. And that's why mm -hmm. it's so important to do, you know, I really train people to look at workouts like movements instead of like specific muscle groups. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and when you start doing that and you start doing total body exercise, it links your whole body together. Yeah. And if you don't get that connection, then, you know, your body's going to forget it on the bike. It just is yeah. down, down yeah. the line. Yeah. I try to, I, I, I try to do like um, some muscle groups together are my focus, but all the other things that I'm doing while I'm exercising are I'm trying to get all over the place. And so let's say like Monday is like chest and tries, right? Mm -hmm. But while I'm doing that, it's like, I, I kind of do like little sets of things. So it would be like, let's just say a, a dumbbell, in, um, bench press and then some tricep kickbacks and then some jumping jacks and then some planks where I'm like, I don't know what they're called, where you're like bringing your knees up while you're planking. And then like yeah. maybe while I'm doing, um, I don't know, like I know like when I do like curls, when I'm doing biceps, I'm actually doing lunges and then lifting my knee up. So I'm, I'm balancing on one leg and then I'm doing my curl and then doing a lunge. Oh, so cool. it's like, so you're kind of like doing these things where you're hitting that bi the bicep is my group that day or like my muscle that day but it's like i'm trying to do all these other things that are a little bit more working all over the place and yeah. uh, i i i definitely i feel like i'm at a spot right now where i need to change everything because i i know like there's a certain point where your body's like okay i'm used to this dude this is what you do and i need to like confuse it and and right. so that's where I'm, I'm like right now i'm like man i need to start like buy some different uh, equipment or something like that and kind of come out like break my mold a little bit yeah and and like we were talking about earlier like change is hard you know and it's like at this point it's like my brain is like dude you lost 60 pounds like fucking keep doing what you're doing man you don't need to worry about this you right. know but the other end of me is like no i know that i need to pay like this stuff is, is yeah, it's still not easy. Right. I mean, you don't get like some days you work out, you're like, yeah, it was fun, but it's still not easy, but it's, mm -hmm. it, it's definitely way easier than it was 60 pounds ago. And so at this point it's like, I need to, to do more things that suck. So like usually yeah. when I'm working out and I do some new exercise or any exercise, if I hate doing that one, that's probably the one I need to do more. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, dude, for you, you almost like need to be fueled by the mystery of progress. Yeah. Like, yeah. You need to, like for you knowing at this point that what you're doing is working for you to add some different exercises or different pieces of equipment and challenge mm -hmm. yourself, you know, at the minimum, it's probably not going to make worse. Uh -oh. And if anything, it's probably going to make you better. Um, oh, yeah. He froze for a sec. You're back. Yeah, he froze it. So you're, you're like, it was probably going to. And then I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh yeah. At the minimum, yeah. At the minimum, it's probably going to make you better. 
Uh-huh. Um, and, and worst case scenario, you don't really like it and you just try something different, but yeah, you have to be fueled by that mystery of progress. Cause you don't, you know, the results of what you're doing now. And even though it's working, who knows what more you can do. And this is like the right. mythology of a uh, start moving forward, which is yeah. really kind of the motto behind dialed health, which is, it's not about, it, it's about continually choosing to move forward, no matter where you're at progress wise, mm-hmm. you know, it's taking that little extra edge. So for you adding one new movement to your exercise next week could be yeah. that little bit better that sticks with you. So I would encourage you to try it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though you know, it's working, it's like, there's a mystery to even more progress that's out there. Yeah, and you yeah. gotta chase it, man. And I tend to do things like what, or what I've been doing throughout this, you know, at this point, it's been what about nine months that I've been doing this now is continually making even the exercises that I'm doing harder in some way. Nice. So yeah. like, um, I don't know what the hell that thing's called. It's like a half yoga ball, half freaking piece of plastic that you can stand on. What's that thing called? It's called a BOSU ball. And yeah, this will stick with you. It's called a BOSU ball because it stands for both sides up BOSU. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'm, <laughs> hopefully I remember that. So the, like like somewhere along the line, I'm like, all right, well, I'm standing here doing um, like, I don't know, like shoulder presses or something like that, you know, just like, yeah. you, know, rip, 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 you know, arms up and down. Like I'm like, I'm cheering for those of you guys that are listening. And um <laughs> basically at, at uh at some point i'm like okay well i'm gonna get one of those and i'm gonna stand on it while i'm doing that exercise so then my core needs to be you know trying to keep me balanced and at the same time i'm doing that you yeah. know where it's like oh i'm gonna now i'm gonna do that shoulder press and then i'm gonna make myself do a squat on the bosu ball and then you know now that's the new set you know and so it's mm-hmm. stuff like that along the way where it's okay continually just building on what you're already doing and just making it a little harder and a little harder. And so like when I first started out and I would, I'd said like all my videos, like, Hey, my workouts are 30 minutes and 30 minutes is what, how long it took for the, the most simple part of the exercise, you know, and now it's like an hour and, and it's not an hour of like standing around freaking like watching the clock. It's like, okay, in between any set is you get 60 seconds. That's it. Yeah. You know, and, and I give myself two minutes in between groups of, of sets because, Hey, I need to adjust the bench. I need to like change the weights. I need to whatever, you know, open the freaking door. I don't know. You, you know what yeah. I mean? So, but like, and I, and I'm explaining this in a way that, you know, some people that are probably curious about what I'm doing as well. Like that's how I'm, how I'm doing it. I'm not like just coming out into the garage with my weight bench and just like, you know, Hey, I'm going to do a set. I'm going to sit here and listen to a song. I'm going to do a set. No, I'm like trying to keep my heart rate up. I'm trying yeah. to keep it sucking. And, and, uh, because that's the, that's the way that you make progress. It's like, if you were to go do a big 5,000 foot climb, but you stopped every 500 feet and took a 15 minute break, like 5,000 feet of climbing is not going to suck at all. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you know That's what I mean? Comparison. Yeah. I love that comparison. And I got to say too, so the, the, the way you leveled up your workout was referring to the complexity. Mm-hmm. So you're making it more complex by adding a secondary movement, linking a couple of movements together or having like a less stable surface, which mm-hmm. is definitely a way to progress a workout, but you could also too, and I'm sure you're doing this, but you could just go heavier. Mm-hmm. Or you can yeah, just change yeah, the rep scheme, obviously. So yeah. I would say too, for people listening, you know, there is a really, uh, there's a great time 
there is time in your exercise to go just genuinely heavy, have the movement be extremely simple and just mm-hmm. full on grunted out. And then mm-hmm. there are times to do the more complex exercises, get on an unstable surface, you know, mix up a couple of movements together. And truthfully, like there are periodized phases you could go through to do those in a way that's going to build a perfect base and then lead you to a peak for a race. Mm-hmm. But also if you are looking to be kind of just optimized in your health and fitness, have some fun and you just know you're going to stay consistent, doing a little bit of all of that all the time isn't yeah. a really a bad idea if it's enough to keep the excitement up to mm-hmm. have you know, to work out as frequently as you want to. Like, to be honest, I have to film so much content and I, I can't, and create programs and everything. I can't really stick to a program. I think mm-hmm. the longest I've gotten through one of my programs was like six weeks because mm-hmm. I realized I'm like, dude, I can't just keep filming the same workouts uh, for in my Instagram story. It's just going right. to get dull for people. Um, right. And a lot of my stuff will repeat for a certain amount of time. And then you switch it up when you're in the next phase. So, uh, so yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I always tell a lot of people, like don't overcomplicate it because although there is perfect by the book science periodization, all that stuff, that's an option. Yeah. It's not the only way to get fit. And like, dude, if you saw my workouts, it's exactly what we're kind of talking about. I'll do everything from just a heavy trap bar deadlift to like the most complex kettlebell flow you've ever seen, you know, and yeah, it'll be yeah. like the same workout. And I just don't miss workouts. And that's the most yeah. important thing, honestly. Yeah, that that's that. That I, I definitely need to learn some more. I need to spend some time just watching YouTube and figure out some like kettlebell routines because it seems like they're pretty popular with uh, a lot of, of um, personal trainers. And usually if that's the case, it's because they're effective. And it's not something that I've really done a lot of working out with in the past. So I, I definitely need to like, just I, I just want to learn it, you know, like, oh, okay, that's how you do this. And I could throw those in or whatever, but. And the first learning thing with kettlebells is that you can't ever call them a kettleball. If you call them a kettleball, you're automatically disqualified from using the kettlebells. So that's that's strike one. You got that out of the way. I'm warning you right now. All right. All right. (laughs) uh, I don't even know if I said ball or bell. I'm like, what the fuck did I say? I don't even know. (laughs) I heard ball. But then again, I have this like, it's like this built in alarm in my head from from all the years. But, uh, but no, it's dude, they're really, dude, they're really fun. They're really effective. And for riders, when Mm. we're talking about focusing on movement more than a specific muscle group Mm -hmm. as a general rule of thumb, I mean, dude, you could link five different exercises without putting the kettlebell down and the amount of quality work you can get in, in a short amount of time is, uh, almost in my opinion, it's like unparalleled it's, and it's, and you can go single arm and every time you do something single arm, your core is firing like crazy. It's just so fun. So I'd be, I'd be happy to help you with, uh, getting rolling on that, man. Yeah. I was, I was looking at, at some of the stuff that you had on your, your Instagram, your webpage and stuff. And a lot of it's like what I call, and this is the wrong word, but like calisthenics or like, like prison exercises right so like to me that's like stuff that you can do that really works you out that you don't need to use like you don't need to go to a gym for and to me i really i personally enjoy working out that way because i feel like i i just feel like you don't need to have a, a bunch of equipment like there there's a few pieces that that make maybe working out maybe a lot more effective but I don't feel like you need to go out and buy, you know, some like $5,000, like has all the exercises on it. You know, like all I've been using all this time 
is two dumbbells and a, an adjustable bench and some medicine balls, you, you know, yeah. and that's it. And the rest of it's like the kind of stuff that, that, you know, like, like we were just, I was just talking about, you know, like you're doing planks, you're doing, you're doing flutter kicks, you're doing push-ups, you're doing, you know, whatever it is, like, like body weight, like, like what I joke around, I always call like prison exercises. Right. Yeah. So, with all of that being said, though, I want to, I do want to bring up this question that somebody threw up in the chat. Oh, sick. So, Bike said, Bike Sum says, what's the minimum or maximum workout time needed for targeting new movements without wrecking yourself to the point of not being able to do more the next day? That's such a good question. So this is, yeah, a, is. a, what's up, Bike Sum? Uh, yeah, this is like a volume question. Uh, so if you're targeting a new movement, I'm guessing you're talking about maybe a new squat variation that you're going to put in your exercise. Kind of like you mentioned in your workouts, how you'll add a new exercise kind of when you feel like you're ready for it. Yeah. In my opinion, if you're doing a new workout, especially if you feel like it's tough, I would stick to like eight to 10 reps and not do any more than three sets for the first day. And I would start with the lightest weight possible. There are some exercises that require you to do a certain amount of weight. I mean, you'll learn that with kettlebells too, that you can't just grab the lightest weight because you need that, the gravity to, to swing it and move it. And there's some other movements like that as well. Uh, so I would say pick the minimum amount of weight that can, you can effectively do the movement and don't do more than three sets at eight to 10 reps for the first workout or the first time in your workout, because that is basically the minimum for you to probably feel it out and get a good idea of form. And it's also not too much to where you're going to be totally wrecked and you're better to err on the side of caution because trust me, dude, I have, I've done Bulgarian split squats and exercises that I've try even so, uh, lately i just filmed something that made me so sore because my <laughs> angle was bad and i kept having yeah. to redo the set and i was wrecked and uh <laughs> so i would say err on the side of caution do what you can the first day to learn the form and uh and then after you feel the effects on your body come back into it uh, and up the ante a little bit if you can yeah that's awesome yeah so, that was a good question. yeah no it was definitely it and I think it's one of those things where, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, how do you know how much to do? I know whenever it's like, mm -hmm. it seems like the day that I want to do 4,000 feet of climbing is always the day after I did a bunch of lunges. Right. You, you know what I mean? And you get out there and you're like, why did I do that yesterday? Or you didn't really think yeah. about it. You're like, oh, I did this workout yesterday, but I didn't really feel burned. I didn't really feel burned this morning when I got up. But as soon as I start pedaling, I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. I'm out of it, you know? So yeah, I find that, dude, bikers really, uh, sorry to cut you off there too, yeah, but go for it. dude, bike riders do like to work their legs. I know yeah. that when I was riding again more, my favorite workouts were leg workouts and I would create the sickest leg workouts. Seriously, just like disgusting, like everything, <laughs> you, everything you want to do on a leg day. Yeah. And I'm doing a bunch of volume. I mean, down to four different calf raise variations. Like I've done just workouts like that and they're fun. And in the workout, it's great. And it's, I love that feeling of my legs just being smoked. But like mm -hmm. you said, dude, oh my gosh, your ride's going to suck for the next <laughs> three, four days, most likely. And right. I find that with riders, they have that in them where they do like to suffer a little bit and they do like the feeling of working their legs. So they tend to go too leg heavy in the, in the gym, which, yeah. you know, for a normal person would be a great idea, uh, yeah. but not for you as a, as a bike rider, you know, yeah, it's I, a weird, weird balance. 
Uh, I personally try not to do too much to my legs because I feel like yeah. I'm trying to save them for like the ride or like, I, I feel like I need to be paying attention to all these other muscle groups because obviously if I'm riding this much, those, those things are, those things are doing okay. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a good approach to it in general. If yeah. you had to generalize it. Yeah. Because you want to do enough, like we said, to stay activated with your legs, you got to use right. your legs. You right. want to still do knee dominant movements and lunges, but again, it's like minimum, do minimal dose. And like for you having a movement where say your focus is your biceps, for example, that day, mm -hmm. just an example, but you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to do a lunge to bicep. And then that combo movement is the only leg stuff I'll do that day. That's a, that's a good sweet spot to hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what is it what what are like some key things that you would recommend to somebody who right now just rides they love riding but they they want to up their game and they're thinking okay i'm going to start working out maybe they don't work it out, out at all i think there's a lot of guys out there that are like that and instead of just picking another day to go ride in my opinion if you added in some some kind of workout you're probably going to get more out of it than than just another ride like the yeah. to me like the, the the extra riding it makes you like better at turning it makes you better at at you know pushing up through that climb maybe or it makes you better at you know that downhill technical stuff but i i can personally say for me when i'm working out that it, it definitely like makes huge changes in how well i ride compared to if I was just at another day of riding. Yeah, that's a, it's good to bring up for those people. Um, the first thing I would say to those people is to redefine what they think of as strength training, because mm -hmm. a lot of people think, oh man, I don't really want to start strength training because in their head, they see barbell, they see heavyweight, they see yeah. full on CrossFit competition yeah. and they, they don't realize <laughs> it's funny. I said this uh, on a, another podcast recently, but they don't realize like strength training is doing a plank in front of your tv in your underwear yeah you know why why your kids like trying to climb on your back or something like that is right. strength training also so you have to realize that you know for you to take the time to literally touch your toe 10 times do a three rounds of a 30 second plank and then 10 bodyweight squats that could be the start of your strength training and it will have a benefit on your yeah. riding and even if you don't want to subtract a ride then, it, and then your option obviously is just to add some volume, which could be good. Mm -hmm. But there's a point where I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm slipping on the term, but it's like negative returns or there's a point where you ride so much, a little more riding, like you said, is not going to do more than something a little different would. So yeah. I would say you don't have to say no to your rides, but honestly, most of the people that I work with, they are looking for a time saving. So sometimes even missing a ride, but getting a really quality day of strength training in is nice mm -hmm. on their schedule. There's a lot of other reasons to do it as well. But I would say, dude, find that minimum dose. Don't feel mm -hmm. like you need to go do something insane. I have, and this is like shameless plug, but this is why I make this stuff. It's because I'm, I love seeing it help people, but I have body weight core workouts on my website that you press play and do it in real time with me in 25 minutes or 30 mm -hmm. minutes or 45 minutes. Um, and so it could be as simple as that. And like just committing to two, like take two chunks of time per week, even if it's 20 minutes, twice a week, space it out and just be like, all right, I'm either going to be smart and 
follow Derek's videos <laughs> or I'm just going to wing it and do whatever. They're both mm -hmm. a better option. Um, mm -hmm. I would suggest to, to take some form of a training, like get something that's packaged and formatted for you because for one, you're going to learn a lot more about yourself, like what works and what doesn't. Um, mm -hmm. but also not having direction sucks. It sucks to like stand somewhere in your house and be like, okay, what the heck do I do? So I would mm -hmm. really suggest to get something to follow. Um, and then just commit two 20 minute chunks a week at the minimum space them out. Don't do body weight and keep it simple. And, uh, yeah, yeah. it's gonna, it is going to have an impact seriously. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing something that you didn't before. So like, right. as soon as you do that, like your body's going to be like, Oh, okay. This, this is what we're doing now. You know? So it's definitely good that way. Um, yeah. I, I think like it, like you said, just commit and, and, and do something. And I think at the very least, whatever that something is, it'll get easier. And I feel like because you're a mountain biker, you have, you must have some sort of like competitive nature to you. Otherwise like mountain and biking wouldn't be as much fun. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like in general, like, like most mountain bikers are kind of that way. And so as you get, as whatever it is that you're, you're committing to gets easier, you're going to keep upping the game. You know, you're going to be like, oh, well, yeah. I can do 25 minutes because it's not that bad now, you know, or, or whatever. And, um, I think the, the key is though, definitely like just pick something and then do that. Like where you see these people yeah. that are like, I did, uh, a hundred squats every day for a month and this is the change. Yes. And it's like, yeah, of course you're going to see a change. Cause you were never doing that before. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, that's, it's something to take advantage of. They, they call it like quote unquote beginner gains, yeah, but yeah. there is a point. And the only reason I caution saying this is because like we mentioned, you can overdo the leg stuff and have yeah. bad rides because of it. But there's a point where you could almost do anything and feel progress. Like if we look to the very extreme, I don't have mm -hmm. studies on this. This is just speculation. But if right. you took some, if you took a full on mountain biker and just had them do curls and tricep extensions twice a week, Right. And they probably feel better and ride better than they did beforehand. And that is like the most minimum thing of yeah. almost what you don't want to do. Like that is like of all the things to prioritize in your strength training, that's probably not it. And you're still right. getting a benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's like real beginner gains, you know, and then also you can ride that for six to six months to a year before you, your body really adapts and, mm -hmm. you know, it really becomes more about, uh, marginal gains opposed yeah, to yeah. throwing five pounds extra on the bar every week or whatever it may be. Um, mm. so yeah, enjoy the beginner gains. I mean, you deserve it. You started out, you're getting going. Uh, it's not always going to be like that, but that's a bonus of, of making yeah. the choice to start. Absolutely. What, I, what, uh, what supplements do you think that are, are kind of a must for people like BCAs or like, I don't know, taking creatine or making sure you have a whey protein or like any, anything like that in particular that you, you try, try to point people towards. Yeah. I really do suggest everyone to have a protein powder on hand mm -hmm. and that is really out of convenience. And also mm -hmm. most people who track their protein realize that they're not taking in as much protein as they probably should, especially as athletes. Mm -hmm. And I will say for anyone who is trying to lose some body fat, you need to be on the little higher side of protein. So 0.8 grams to one pound per gram, one gram per pound of body weight. 
uh, because oh, it wow. helps per, really per, per pound of body weight. That's actually, that's pretty interesting to me. That's a lot of protein. That, yeah. It's on the higher side. That is if you yeah. are for, for going for weight loss and a lot of yeah. it is because of how satiating protein is, but yeah, also no, really, it trying, makes sense. Yeah, like you, it fills you up, but also it helps you hold on to as much muscle mass as possible when your body's in a deficit where it's technically stripping away your muscle to use it as a fuel source, mm-hmm. um, along with the fat and the carbs and everything like that. So, um, you know, protein is really good to have on hand, but it's also very convenient. You know, if you have a protein powder and all of a sudden you don't have, you know, meats or eggs or something in the morning, you can mix it in your oatmeal and now you have more of a complete breakfast. So the convenience there, having it at a shaker, I recommend protein for everyone, whether it's whey protein, cassian protein, I drink, or I eat vegan protein just because whey doesn't really agree with my stomach. Yeah, yeah. Um, But find a protein powder that works for you and just have it on stock. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I would definitely suggest some form of a super greens powder or a multivitamin. I think Mm -hmm. honestly, the super greens powders, I'll just tell you from my experience, technically, when you look at the, the micronutrients, they're almost like the same thing, like what you're getting from one or the other. Mm -hmm. But when I've taken a multivitamin in the past, I've never felt any different. I've never gotten less sick and I've taken them you know, six months at a time, whatever. I've done this with fish oil also. Uh-huh. Um, I just never. Per- get smarter all of a sudden. You weren't like doing math. Like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. N- none of that happened. But when I've yeah. taken a, a super greens powder um, or I drink a supplement now, Kiyoku, which is a protein superfood blend. That's mm-hmm. I, I feel it more like this feeling of energy that you really get when you start consistently eating healthy. Um, and just more, more greens, more fruits and veggies. So I'd recommend a super greens powder, maybe a multivitamin. Um, but I also would recommend creatine for everybody, men, women, uh, weight loss, weight gain, weight maintenance, whatever. Um, creatine is like the, one of the cheapest supplements you can take. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, it doesn't really help your riding, but think about it this way. If you are strength training, it very in it's in, it indirectly helps your riding. Because if you're having better strength workouts because of your creatine, think about the strength that you're getting that's going to your bike from those strength workouts. In my understanding with creatine, please correct me if I'm wrong, my creatine basically pumps more water into your muscles so that your muscles have basically more, more water for, to, to help repair themselves. Is that kind of like the, the easy way or am I off completely? You're not off completely. Yeah. Okay. What it's, what it's really doing is pumping your body with it's filling up your body's phosphocreatine stores. So what that means is your body, your body's short term, most quick, explosive energy source that only lasts for like 10 seconds. It's, mm-hmm. it's ATP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so adrenosine triphosphate, adenosine triphosphate, and basically your body uses that for the most explosive versions of, of a lot of workouts. Now, when you take creatine, it refills those stores. So it's more readily available. So typically you have that fuel source more readily throughout your workouts, especially if you dose it daily. Mm-hmm. And so it's never really out of your system as much. And if you don't uh, load it like they used to do kind of like back in the day, yeah, yeah, they, I remember start, doing they start taking, you know, like a normal one dose for a full size male is like five grams per day, but mm-hmm. people would start taking up to like, you know, it'd be like one week you're taking 10 grams a day and then 20 grams a day up to like 35, 40 grams a day. And that's mm-hmm. when your water retention gets out of control. You do start looking crazy puffy because yeah. having more pulling more water into your muscle 
it, I will say it is a result of the creatine being more readily available in your body. But if you mm -hmm. dose it in a way, like I only take three grams a day now, cause I don't mm -hmm. notice a difference between three and five grams. And dude, I, I don't retain water because of it. Honestly, yeah. it, what's funny too, is like a lot of people I've heard, and this is me being a little bit cynical, but like people will tell me I don't take creatine because I retain water. But they're the same people who will eat cookies right before bed and wake up all bloated. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like, okay, you didn't get any benefit from that. At least creatine, <laughs> if for some reason you took too much and it retained some water, yeah, yeah, maybe it could do it. So you weren't off. It is a result of what happens. But the real thing that creatine does is replace those ATP stores in your body. And it just helps you be more explosive in your workouts. But also, if you're not even doing it for workouts, it's really good for people like honestly later in life and the effects it has on like Alzheimer's and just a lot of really positive things for your brain. Um, and because again, it's so cheap for creatine monohydrate powder, you should just buy single ingredient powder like that. Um, it, it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, I would just I say, I would take it out, just mix it in with my whey protein or something like that. And just be like, yeah. oh, it's all part of there. And it doesn't change the taste because it has like no taste to it. So it's like, all right, right. Whatever. Just chuck it in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's, those would be the top three. I would say, um, have a protein powder on hand, start taking creatine monohydrate and have a good superfood, uh, blend or, or multivitamin. Right on, man. I'm going to look up a superfood. Yeah. I definitely don't have one of those. Yeah. Hey, well, by the dude, way, I, I, am, make sure, I want to make sure your lady is not freaking all pissed off at you. So we're, we're getting pretty close to, to wrapping up here. Um, I, I just want to ask real quick for anybody that's interested, obviously your site is dialedhealth.com. That's in the show more. If you're listening to it as a podcast, it should be listed there somewhere as well. But if not, go to dialedhealth.com. You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you have a YouTube channel as well, I, I saw. Um, what, what kind of cost are people looking at to be part of Dialed Health? It's less than 20 bucks a month. Oh, that's, that's, that's really good, dude. So, yeah, thanks. Right. And basically a membership gives you access to all the programs and all the workouts. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we load up new workouts. I, I would say honestly, like bi-weekly and then programs are usually monthly or bi-monthly. So there's a lot of new content coming out on those, uh, on the website. And dude, there's like, I, I think there's like four years worth of programming options on there now. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's everything from full gym access all the way down to no equipment access. So there's a lot of people who have been through multiple programs um, and it depends on your equipment accessibility and everything like that. So um, there's options for everybody, but yeah, membership gets you access to everything. I think that's really cool that you have workouts that people can do that have no equipment because right Thanks. now, anybody that has tried to buy anything gym wise in the last like year have found out that COVID has everything like ridiculously far uh sold out or people are like selling stuff online for like five times the price that it normally costs i wanted yeah. to buy this bowflex um um uh curl bar like a regular barbell like an easy curl bar yeah it's like a, it's, it's like it's bent. A flat, yeah. yeah it's bent and then it, they have a flat one too but basically it has yeah. like all the, the adjustable weights on it so you can just like turn a little dial and you can go to like 90 pounds or turn the dial and go to 10 pounds or something like that. So you don't have like a bunch of free weights laying around. So I wanted to buy this thing. I was like, all right, I'm going to got my taxes done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this thing up. The shipping time said four months. So it's like, like 
obviously I'm like, all right, four months ago, I'm just going to buy it and wait. But just to give people an idea, like things are really kind of sold out and hard yeah. to come. So having an option to just get started and get started with nothing at all, that that's really cool that you have that on there. Um, yeah. And if I ahead. could add on there too, along those lines, what I do have a lot of people have done actually is like they'll start with a no equipment program. Uh, and I have two of them available on the website. They're each two months long. So mm -hmm. a lot of times people will start with a no equipment program. They'll place that adjustable dumbbell set order. And right. by the time it comes in, they're actually ready to start the dumbbell only program that I have. So there, there's little things like that where they're like, okay, I got a kettlebell on order after this phase of this, I'll go to the kettlebell workouts. Uh, so it's cool because people, because of the response of COVID and stuff, they're slowly like building into the gym set, but because there's programs from like, you know, no, no equipment to single pieces of equipment, they're like working their way up to the full gym set, which is kind of sick yeah. or right just on. what I see from members through the website. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, man, it's just such a trip. And it's like with the bike industry too, not to go too far off on a tangent, but it's on one hand, you're so happy that the, the industry is doing well and you want to see all these new riders. Like we all want the industry to grow, right. but it's like, dude, for everybody that's been in it. And when you can't get that part that you should have just been yeah. able to walk into a shop and grab real quick. Oh, right. it's so, it is, it is so frustrating. So it's a yeah, very uh, double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. You Same walk thing into the shop right now and try to get some brake pads, dude. Good luck. You know, like, you're like, yeah. oh, Guess I'll buy new brakes. At least they'll come with pads. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. It's funny. Right on, man. Um, I like to ask people too, as part of the podcast, are there any other YouTube channels that you like to watch? Whether it's fitness, it's mountain biking, it's some guy underwater basket weaving, anything you like to take a look at? Yeah. Oh, man. So I spend a lot of time on the indoor trainer at home. Uh -huh. And so I, I lately I've been building like the sickest YouTube playlist. Um <laughs> Yeah. So let me think. So obviously it's like the normal mountain bike channels, you know, Remy, uh, Metallier. Um, I have like a good mix of fitness and biking stuff. Let me think. Okay. So I'll tell you my favorite YouTube channel is this guy Fernwe, who's actually in the dialed fam. Uh -huh. And so if you, if you type in Fernwe, F-E-R-N-E-E -E, or W-E-E, -E, He's a road cyclist from the Netherlands, but uh -huh. his quality of video is like second to none in my opinion. Sick riding videos. They just make you want to get out and pedal. He does a lot oh, of gravel right stuff now. So cool. big shout out to Fernwe. I would check him out. Um, there's a guy, Nick Bear uh, Fitness, and he owns Bear Performance Supplements. He's training for triathlons right now, and he's actually a bodybuilder who's turned into an endurance athlete. So he's oh. like going through the process of learning all of these different um, like endurance things. Like he get you know you watch him get on Zwift for the first time, or do an Ironman yeah, yeah. or a marathon or whatever, yeah. and you know the way his body is, is like adapting to it. He's losing all this muscle because he's gone from being a full on juice head gorilla to, <laughs> to becoming this endurance athlete. And so it's, uh, it's been a really cool thing to watch. So those would probably be the two that maybe your audience hasn't heard of. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, awesome. check out Fernley, check out Nick bear fitness. Those are both pretty cool. Sweet, man. I appreciate it, dude. I, I've had a great time ch chatting with you. We're going to have to carve out some other time in the future so we can get you back on here because you, you have a plethora of knowledge and I think that it was really fun talking. And I think that hopefully people, Got a got a little idea what Dialed Health is and go over to your website and check it out because uh sounds like sounds like it's it's doing good things, man. 
Thanks, Robert. I, dude, I really appreciate you having me on. And again, props on the show, dude. It was really fun talking to you. I think you have seriously a gift for conversation in general. Um, you, you have the gift of gab. Right. Uh, no, no, seriously, man. It's been, uh, you know, we, for a lot of people knowing, like we, we've gone back and forth before online, but, uh, yeah. you know, we haven't actually really hung out and talked and, uh, yeah. I feel like we're buddies already, man. So thanks for right making on, me man. feel so welcome. It was fun. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm definitely yeah. going to go swing by the site and take a look at it, man. It sounds like, sounds like there's something on there that can help me out. And at this point I got 20 more pounds to go to hit my goal. So I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go hit it up, check it out. Everybody that's dialed in or listening on the podcast, whatever you're doing, maybe you're sitting on your trainer right now, just spinning, listening to this thing right on. Thanks for coming by. Do me a favor and hit the thumbs up button. If you didn't subscribe to this channel yet, do it now. That'd be a good idea. There's a button around here somewhere you can hit. If you're on a podcast and you're like, man, I like listening to this podcast. I want this guy to keep doing it. Do me a favor, write a review. That would make me really happy because I like to go read them. And I'm just assuming that makes like the podcast gods happy. And then I, I don't know, the dump truck load of money will come. Boom, I'll be a millionaire. Then I won't do this stuff anymore. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I appreciate all you guys out there. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, it only takes a bike to be a biker. So get out and be one.